ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, September 17th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Joining me in studio this hour, Woody Woodrum, who is with us now and, um, what is that that you have on your face? What what is what 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 is that? It's a mask. What <laughs> that that it's a it's a Cleveland Browns mask. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. <laughs> we only get excited for about three games a season. One twice when we play the Bengals because there's always a chance one of us will throw it down the tube. Exactly. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Same thing here. <laughs> but you know, you know the um, the columnist Chuck Landon called me a Bengals apologist the other day. Really? Yeah. So I, I looked at him and said, "You're a Browns apologist." <laughs> well, yeah, I think you got something there. That's for sure. But uh, stop that. <laughs> You're as biased as I am. Um, stop that, Columbus. Yeah, stop yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, wow. But you know, it's uh, it's been kind of a weird day around here. You know, not the least of which is me being back on the air. But yeah, well, that's not weird. You know, you're here because. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, you've got the game tomorrow night, which we didn't think we would have Huntington High and Wheeling Park, and that is happening tomorrow night. We'll have that for you. Uh, we're going to have baseball before the game, and then we're going to go on the air uh, right about 7 o'clock. So no matter what the baseball game is yeah. doing, we're going to go on the air with uh, our broadcast of Huntington High football. So you're in here earlier this afternoon. You're getting ready because you always go speak to Coach Billy Seals about the game ahead of tomorrow's broadcast. Right. And you're leaving, and then I have to call you and say, um, be be careful because uh, there has been a reported COVID-19 positive case at Keble Midland High School, and it involves a student athlete. And since Huntington High did play Keble Midland just a few nights ago recently, you know, last game, uh, there might be a concern that there could be some exposure. So uh, you basically uh, had to go up in your um, – your best detective mode to figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah, you know, I look like a uh, paparazzi photographer waiting to jump Billy Seals as he was uh, coming out of the building. Well, I, I got a call from you, and then uh, my my Huntington statistician, Jimmy Morgan, uh, also called me, and, and they were, you know, you guys had put me on to the thing about the COVID, and so I was like, wow, well, you know, this sounds like a bad thing, so... At first, I wasn't going to hang around because I did text Billy Seals, and he responded quickly, but he said, hey, you know, it's uh, I'm in a meeting right now, and I just quickly then went, okay, I've, I've just talked to a couple people. Are we off for tomorrow, meaning Friday? And he was like, look, I'll tell you in a little bit as soon as I know. So what happened was at a young man – for Cabell Midland, came, um, he was in the, he played in the game on Friday night, and then he came to school on Monday. And at some point between Friday night and Monday, and, and that's part of 
when exactly did it start? Well, they're not sure, but he had a COVID test, positive, and he sent home. But then they have to start tracing it. So they called a number of students to the, uh, you know, into their, their offices to do that. Well, and Huntington had played Midland last week, so they called the Huntington folks. And basically what Billy Seals told me, and, and I just got a text from him, although there's been some stuff put out there, uh, it, it was the just at 5 o'clock the coaches were getting an official, although it's on the Cabell County Schools website as early as like maybe 3 o'clock today or 3.30 that had been done. But what they did was they came out and they talked to the coaches and, and I guess there were some players. And then Billy Seals sat down with, I'm sure, Bruce Sr., who is the, uh, the AD out there, and I don't know who else was in the meeting, but they, at least those two. The Cabell County Board of Education was represented, and so was the health department. And what they did, Paul, was look at the film to see if this young man had had contact with players from Huntington. And he's, he's only a special teams kid, and, and we don't know his name, and I, I don't. that's not the important part here because it's just, you know, we hate to hear that a youngster got it, and he might not even feel bad. But, you know, he, he's got it. And so they looked at the film, and after they did all of that and did their contract tracing, the district's chief health officer determined there was no need for further action. Now, Huntington High students, some of them were sent home, I think, today, although the buses ran, so there was at least some of them that stayed. Maybe the football players were sent home. And they can begin football activities tomorrow. So that meant not only can Huntington not practice this evening, the night before they're getting ready to play Wheeling Park, but their JV team was supposed to play. And, of course, there's a rule now, and we haven't talked very much about it on the air, Huntington's dressing freshmen to seniors. And that's not always done. But there's about 70-some kids all in that group. And they just are like, well, you know, we're going to dress them all for the home games but the, the ones that aren't playing varsity can still play JV games. And that's what was scheduled tonight. There was supposed to be a JV game. Well, that was obviously tabled and will be rescheduled. But uh, so I, I don't know how many people at Cabell Midland are going to have to stay in and, 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 and probably do the 10 to 14 days where you have to be away from everyone else in quarantine. And, uh, but Huntington is allowed to go ahead and play, so they will. We will kick tomorrow night at seven thirty against Wheeling Park. So, but you know, Billy Seals, you know, this was something that kind of came out of my left field. And you know, we've seen the stories on the Putnam County kids. They thought they were good because when they changed the the green, yellow, orange, and red, and threw gold in the middle, Putnam County was one of those counties that was turned gold. And they were like, well, great, we can we can go play football now. And so they lined up games. Winfield was going to Buffalo, and Hurricane was going to play poker. But no, they're not doing classes yet. So if you're not in class, you cannot play football. So the, the Putnam County kids were shot down again. And I talked to Billy Seals about, well, you know, because we hadn't spoke since – last Saturday when he informed me that they'd picked up a game of Wheeling Park and he said they were banging around all day trying to get games and for some reason the 0-2 Huntington team was deemed 
well, there were many schools who turned them down that were eligible to play and just I, I don't know. I mean, Huntington's been real good. Let, yeah. Let's face it. Billy Seals went 0-10 his first year, 4-60 and second year, and then they've been in the playoffs every year since. Yeah, this might be a down year, but it's also been an extraordinarily different yes. year. Uh, I say if you can play, play. I mean, look at Spring Valley. They decided they're going to go play Martinsburg. And, and That's how bad they wanted to play, to go make that trip. And, you know, I've, I've heard from some other sources – uh, not from the Huntington coaches, but from other sources that, you know, Spring Valley was willing to play Midland this weekend, but gave them a time that they needed to hear yes or no by. And when that time came and passed, they had been speaking to Martinsburg, and, you know, and they've had three great games with Martinsburg, although Spring Valley hasn't won them. They've been, especially, you know, they've got a little closer each year, and, and last year wasn't a blowout for sure. And so they scheduled a two-year contest where Spring Valley will go to Martinsburg, and then Martinsburg will come down here. And I asked Billy, "Well, did you did you guys have to do a two-year deal?" He said, "No, this is strictly a one-year deal for Willing Park and us." And indicated to me that they had already began to work on next week, and probably will play Parkersburg next week. Now I don't know home or away right. yet and time, yeah. but that's you know they'll wait and see. Five o'clock Saturday. Who's eligible, and if Wood County has any problem, or if Cabell would have some problem. So this has been though, and, and the frustration for the coaches is, you know, they they were like, you know, let's either go all in, or let's don't do it, and and they were told, well, we're going all in, but now they keep changing the rules, and, and people get dinged, and and then you know, I know a person who was sick a couple of weeks ago. But they had a negative test, even though they were very sick. And so they got retested just recently. And not only now do they have to be in for 14 days because they had a positive test, although they have absolutely no symptoms, but their wife has to take off yeah. from teaching school for like 24 days. Her 10 days with him and then 14 more is required by the school board. And so is some of their other relations and their kids. And it's just, you know, if if it's positive, I can see that. But for a negative test, you're still, you know, a negative test when you were sick and a positive test when you're well. But there needs to be consistency. That's the problem. There's yes. no consistency. We keep changing the color-coded map. So now we have green. Green is good. Yellow, not so good. We've got gold now. We've got orange. We've got red. And, of course, in orange, you can practice. You can't play, but you can practice. Well, right. wait a minute. You can practice. Yeah, and, and in Why red— can't you play? In red, you can't do anything. And orange is you can't practice. You can only condition. Well, what good is that? Those kids have been conditioning. They started the three-week conditioning in July, and then they went right into two-a-days. You know, I don't understand what – well, like I say, I don't think that anybody really understands it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a problem with that in that if you say something, let's stick to it, but they keep trying to bend like a willow. And I know the Herald-Dispatch had a, a – a, editorial today that said oh jim justice just can't win the gazette had one that said you know if jim if you show a little spine and stick to the rules then everybody would know what they have to do right because the rules change as we try you know now in morgantown 
if you've got 80 students in a building, whether it be a dorm or an apartment building on camp near campus, uh, you know, they're going to count that as one, like right. a prisoner or elderly. Well, it's not one because young people that aren't sick are going to go out. They're going to go to the store. They're going to go to bars. They're going to go to carry out. Well, I think they're going to be quarantined. So if they're quarantined together and they're not going out. But I, who's going to enforce that? Who's going to watch every door? You got me. I mean, I, I lived in the dorm at, at Marshall. And Hodges Hall was only three stories. But there wasn't a single door that you couldn't go in and out of any day or or any time. Now it may be a little better than that now, but not much. Student, I mean, I looked at Marshall students; they couldn't party right on the first game. Well, I stopped over at Speedway at about ten in the morning, four hours before the you know game or something. They're carrying uh, you know seltzer and beer and 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 things out by the armful so you know they're having parties are they are they going to social distance are they going to wear masks probably not so i mean i i i don't know this is a great great problem i mean they had the same problem with masking 100 years ago in 1918 in the great influence they called spanish flu it was no more Spanish flu than it's Chinese flu this time or anything else. It's just a virus. They didn't even know what a virus was then. And 650,000 people died. But a lot of people didn't wear masks. And you know what? They arrested a lot of them. And now nobody's got the nerve to say, well, you have to wear masks. Or you know, the president doesn't even believe in masks. And then he shoots down the CDC or the WHO because they don't agree with him. So, I mean... It's no wonder that people are holding their head. But, you know, parents have two or three kids to deal with. Educators have thousands of kids to deal with. Coaches have hundreds of kids to deal with. And they're they're kind of losing their minds over, you know, they're just trying to get through the season. They want to play as much as they can. Well, I mean, we saw the kids that played basketball and baseball and softball all got the short end of the stick, all had terrible – graduation things where they drove around in cars and you held up signs and you know i mean it's been a burden on everyone and i know people are reaching the point of total frustration and it's not going to get any better i mean you know they're thinking it could be a bounce back the flu season is just about to start on top of that so get I, your flu shot by the y- way yeah everybody get a flu shot, get your flu shot. And, and if the vaccine is out Whenever it comes out, whether it's next month or next year, you know, they're going to give it to the people like cops and, and EMTs. Frontline workers. F- doctors and people like that. And if none of them have any ill effects, then get your vaccine. But, you know, it people are confused, bewildered, scared, uh, burnout, tired of it. And I realize all of that. You know, I, I've been fortunate that I was retired, so it really didn't change much for me and Liz. But, you know, my son works at Taco Bell, and we've held our breath that he doesn't have, you know, some sort of interaction. And, you know, what if he'd seen his cousin last week? Then, you know, maybe maybe his cousin would have seen somebody that knew somebody, that saw somebody, that lived in a dorm with somebody, and then all of them would be sitting at home. So Sort of like this Cabell Midland situation e- right now. Exactly. Yeah, you so, got one kid who now, because the, the flip side of this is, 
uh, the kids that are in contact with this student athlete, uh, they're going to have to quarantine. And that includes the students that were in classroom activities with this young man. Yeah, on the bus, in class. You know, they they probably checked whatever church he went to. Where did they go out after the game Friday night? What did they do on Saturday? And, and plus, the entire football team is being quarantined now, you know, I think at least through next weekend. So Midland will, wasn't able to get a game, and maybe they didn't try as hard because this came up and maybe they got word on that, and so they didn't really try to get a game in. But – you know, there's so much we don't know, and, and they worry about releasing things. I, I just wish, you know, someone would say, okay, here's where you get that information to, and they will disperse it. But that's the other thing. I mean, the coaches are told, and the athletic people up at Huntington High were told at 5 o'clock, we will officially let you know. At 3 o'clock, 3.15, you, you called me. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Morgan, our statistician, called me. Other people called me, and I'm like going, well, well, the coaches are waiting two more hours to hear whether it's official or not. And and Coach Seals, quite frankly, just kind of shook his head when I told him that it was already out there in the media yeah. and on the board's website. And so, you know, he was frustrated, which is why I'm on here instead of him, because it's been a long day, and there's no coach in America that wants to hear they can't even do a walkthrough the night before they're playing an opponent who five days ago they didn't give a hoot or holler about, and now they've got a pretty good one-on-one Wheeling Park team coming in to play tomorrow who likes to throw the ball all over the field. So it's going to be interesting tomorrow night. But, you know, with all that behind us, I'll be doing the game. Coach will be coaching the game. The kids will be playing the game. Parents and grandparents will be in the stands. And that is all good stuff. So, you know, I guess for Huntington, it's a good ending. For Midland, they're still kind of in who quite knows where we're headed. we got a game coming up on Saturday. Two undefeated teams. One's ranked Marshall and Appalachian State. Uh, I won't mention their – their name, because uh, I know you, you, you have like a little <laughs> tick every time I mention Furman and Appalachian uh, State. Uh, Citadel's okay. I can mention uh, Citadel. Uh, <laughs> Davidson. Can I mention Davidson? How about no, Georgia Southern? I, I didn't like them much in basketball. Georgia Southern. VMI. We had, we had some really good games with Georgia Southern. They always treated us well down there. VMI was a great place to go. That was a fun game to play. That there's nothing like the key that's getting after you and all hanging their sheets out with the signs made up that were four and five story high that were held down by their army boots. Their marching boots were tied to the bottom of their sheets, which they painted these giant murals on. I loved going to VMI. I got to admit, I mean, we we got after each other pretty hard. There was usually a fight. Every time we played them in baseball. Okay, <laughs> but good to know. Western Carolina Colory was the end of the earth. And boom was back in the day. Now it's a ski community and an arch community. It's upscale now. Yeah, I mean, big time. I couldn't believe when I hadn't been there for a while. But they're coming in with a really good football team. You know, Marshall was ranked in some guy's poll on Twitter this week, and he said, I'm trying to rank the teams that are actually playing. And so he had Marshall 23rd, had Appalachian about 7th in the nation, he had included Big Ten once they said they were going yesterday, but it was an interesting poll to look at. He wasn't ranking anybody that wasn't playing, though. Sorry if, if 
your team doesn't play, you don't get in the rankings. I'll have my own rankings that will come out uh, on I, Saturday. I think it's probably as good as anybody else's. Yeah, Marshall won Appalachian State too. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Everybody else is uh, fighting for, um, you know, they're they're fighting for third. <laughs> Woody Woodrum joining us, Huntington High, coming up tomorrow night. We have confirmed that will take place. We'll have the broadcast for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Adam Witten, play-by-play announcer for Appalachian State, joins me on the other side of the break here Again, on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Want to welcome to the program now. He is the play-by-play announcer for Appalachian State Mountaineers football. Adam Witten joins us. Adam, thanks for being on the program today. Yeah, Paul, thanks for having me. Adam's joining us today because the Mountaineers are coming to town, playing Marshall on Saturday. It's going to be a 3.30 kick on CBS Network. And, of course, that's a big deal because usually – if we didn't have a COVID-19 pandemic going on, just completely wrecking what we call normal, and CBS might not be even looking at this game, but instead you have Marshall, a ranked Appalachian State team coming into town. Uh, these two teams have not met in almost a, a couple of decades. It, it feels like this is a great opportunity for both Marshall and Appalachian State to really showcase what the Sun Belt and Conference USA football is all about. Yeah, you know, there there are silver linings to everything, right? Um, and we've, we've spent the better part of six months now trying to find silver linings in our lives because they've been turned upside down by this pandemic. And for, for both of these teams, you know, they've had to figure out how to get to this point where they're playing this game. But neither one of them expected to play this game when the schedules first came out uh, back in the winter and spring. And so, um, you know, App State had its entire non-conference schedule evaporate, four non-conference games all going away, and they had to rebuild it with with three games this year. And the first one was Charlotte, and now Marshall, and then Campbell next week. And so the good thing about it is they've replaced their games on their non-conference schedule with matchups that are really interesting from, from the App State fan base perspective, and this is certainly one of them. You know, it's, it's a throwback game. This was a huge rivalry back in the late 80s, early and mid-90s um, that involved our head coach, Sean Clark. He played on those teams in 94, 95, 96, you know, toward the end of Marshall's stint in, in 1AA. So that's one silver lining. It's the fact that these two get to play each other again earlier than we were expecting to. And then the fact that it's on CBS, it's, it's on the, you know, the, the biggest college football uh, time slot on the biggest you know, the, the highest rated network for, for college football regular season games with, you know, normally you get your 330 um, LSU-Auburn game or Georgia-Florida game um, on, in the SEC, but because the SEC is not kicking off on next Saturday, some other games got moved around. Um, lo and behold, you got App State and Marshall playing at the at the, the prime 330 slot on CBS. And so, yeah, you know, a couple of silver linings with all of this going on, making this Saturday's matchup even more exciting. App comes in ranked. We expected that. This is a program that has been building its success over, I mean, it hasn't been a quiet rise, but it's been consistent. And here Appalachian State comes in ranked, Marshall's receiving votes. And at the same time, the Sun Belt basically goes 
and smacks the Big 12 in the mouth last week. And, you know, I think that woke up a lot of people with Sunbelt football. Yeah, you know, it's um, App has been kind of carrying the flag for the conference the last couple of years. Uh, they're not, they weren't the very first team in the conference to get ranked, but they've done a lot of things over the last two seasons that they've never seen before in the Sun Belt. Um, but, you know, in order for the league to get more respect, you had to have more than just App State, um, you know, beating teams like North Carolina and South Carolina. And so when you have Louisiana, which we knew was a very good team because the, the only knock against them last year was that they lost to App State twice, uh, but they still won 11 games and were a really good team. And this year, they continue to get better under Billy Napier, and they showed it against Iowa State. You know, Coastal Carolina beats Kansas for a second consecutive season. Arkansas State wins at Kansas State. So, you know, we the, the, the problem in the Sun Belt is that there just hasn't been a lot of depth. You know, it's been App State at the top of the league the last couple of seasons. Uh, winning the Sun Belt Championship game and winning bowl games. Uh, but we knew there was a good team below that. They just haven't yet proved it in, in these P5 games. But now I think everyone's starting to realize what, what App State is, is seeing in, you know, on a yearly basis, that there are good teams in this league. It is getting better. There are great coaches in this league. You've got star power in this league. And, and now because the league is getting more national TV opportunities as a result of there being fewer games, more people are seeing it. So, yeah, last Saturday was a great Saturday for, for the Sun Belt, um, and hopefully it you know gives them more respect, and it makes the conference matchups, like when App plays Louisiana um, at the beginning of October, if they're both still ranked, now all of a sudden that becomes a huge showcase for the league. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's a league that's certainly on the upward trend. Marshall, Appalachian State, a lot of connections here. You mentioned one, Sean Clark, and, of course, yeah, there's another connection. Marshall has got a quarterback who also happened to attend George Washington High School, also uh, is a Charleston, West Virginia native, and Grant Wells is a uh, Coach Clark talked a little bit about that uh, that kind of dynamic there. You've got you got a basically a hometown kid on the other side playing quarterback for Marshall. I'm sure he'd like to have him on the roster. Yeah, I mean he, he's he's a great player, and um, you know it's 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 great that Marshall's got a guy who's you know, hopefully going to be that, that team's quarterback for not just this year, but the next three years after that as, as a redshirt freshman. Um, but, you know, App, App is uh, App done pretty well at the quarterback position of late, um, but they know that that Wells is, is going to be someone that, that you need to reckon with. And App's got to divide a pretty good defensive plan to, to try to slow him down because, you know, he was awfully impressive, um, very accurate, very efficient. When he in throwing the ball against Eastern Kentucky in their opener, so yeah, they they certainly know that he's dangerous. But um, you know, we're we're very excited for for what uh, App's going to be able to do on offense because uh, Zach Thomas is now entering his third year as a starter at, at quarterback for App, and very much like uh, Grant Wells, you know, he he burst onto the scene in his very first start. Um, you know, Zach came in against a very good Penn State team in 2018, replacing a legend in Taylor Lamb. And um, and he was amazing from the jump. And so, you know, Zach's going to go down as one of our all-time greats. And certainly looks like Marshall's got somebody that, that is going to, you know, be a, a quarterback that people remember long after he's done playing. Um, and that, that's saying something considering the, the legacy of quarterbacks that there, there's been at Marshall. Yeah, and, and another quarterback to talk about, we have to mention offensive coordinator Tony Peterson, of course. Also a star quarterback for Marshall. He's coached at Marshall as well. So there are lots of 
connections here that make this game even more interesting than just the matchup between two good teams. Yeah, yeah, there, there are so many callbacks. Um, Tony Peterson, you mentioned, um, and, you know, he's a brand new offensive coordinator this year at App, and he's got ties to, to Marshall for sure. You know, Dale Jones, our defensive coordinator, he has spent, you know, uh, many, many years at, at App State. He's closing in on, you know, 25 years um, at Appalachian State as, as, a, as a defensive coach. His very first year was in 96, the last time App and Marshall played when uh, as Southern Conference rivals. Um, you know, when, when Marshall won the national championship that year with Randy Moss and Pennington. Um, and so, yeah, you've got ties all around. The one thing is that none of these players really know anything about the rivalry because the last time these teams played was in 2002. But it's exciting for the fans. The players are starting to learn what this game means and, and the fact that they're, they've got a series where they're going to play each other a lot over the next several years. Um, they, they're starting to realize, hey, this, this is a non-conference game that is meaningful, and certainly they're treating it with that importance. Joining us on the program, the play-by-play announcer for Appalachian State Mountaineer football, Adam Witten. And Adam, I think one of the more interesting matchups is Marshall's defense versus that running attack. Appalachian State, over 300 yards, that got Doc Holliday's attention. You had multiple backs do it. It feels like you have seven or eight running backs that can just go one after the other. I know that's not the case, but it sort of felt that way watching that Charlotte game. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Depth and, and talent at running back is something that this program has had for a long time, even with the star power that we've seen. You know, Darrington Evans was the star running back for the team last year, and now he's playing for the Titans. Uh, Marcus Cox, uh, not long before him, is the program's all-time leading rusher. But they've always had really talented guys behind that were capable of beating, being starters. They just you know hadn't had their opportunity yet. Well, now you've got three running backs that are – you could plug any one of them in as a starter and, be, and have a really talented running back. Um, but they're going with kind of the three-headed monster approach right now because they're all that good. They all bring different styles to the game. And when you can, you know, if you're going to run the ball 30, 40 times, but you only have to let each running back run it 10 or 15 times, now you've got, you've always got fresh legs at that position. Um, and that, that really takes its toll on the defense. Is that a lot to do with the fact that you've got some veterans up front for these guys? Uh, it's sort of a similar situation for Marshall, but it feels like this team, you really don't have any inexperienced weaknesses on that line. You just got veterans and, and players just know what they're doing. I mean, very athletic watching that game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, th- that's where these two teams are so similar. They have so much experience um, up front, you know, Apps brings back four starters, and, and the one guy who wasn't technically a starter last year has, has played a lot of snaps and started a lot of games in his career in Cole Garrison. And then Marshall's got five, you know, fifth-year seniors up front on the offensive line, which is which is almost unheard of. So that, that's what makes these offenses go. And, and, and Apps certainly, no matter who you're plugging back there at running back, you know that they're going to have opportunities to make plays because that offensive line is going to, is going to create openings for them. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a huge reason why the offense can be successful for, for both teams. And I think that right there is, is why I think both defensive coordinators are, are probably losing some sleep this week preparing for this one. Looking at that game against Charlotte, I guess the only place that you could be truly critical of Appalachian State was turnovers. And you win the game, so you overcome that. But at the same time, it, was that more of a just, okay, we're a little rusty, that's going to be cleaned up in week two? You, know, you, you hope that that's not a problem because Marshall 
very much a, a team that would love to capitalize on those situations the way Charlotte couldn't. Yeah, turnovers and special teams. Um, those were the things that really stood out in terms of areas to address from, from last Saturday's game. Um, you know, some of it was fluky because you had two running back fumbles, one at the one-yard line on their first drive of the game, and then another when they were trying to ice the game in, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it, it's so rare perhaps they running back to, to fumble the ball. We were going back and trying to figure it out. I mean, it had been about two seasons since an App State running back had, had – put the ball on the ground, let alone, you know, giving it away on a turnover. Um, and so a lot of that had to do with uh, conditions. You know, that, that entire game was played in heavy rain um, on, a, on a brand new turf uh, that had just been installed not too long ago. So uh, ball was wet. Um, sometimes the, the, the safety just lowers his head, puts the helmet right on the ball and pops it out. And that's what happened on their first fumble. So yeah, not ideal. And, and they realize how important it is the horn of the ball. So that's been addressed and ball security has been a huge emphasis in practice this week. Uh, but then special teams, um, you know, and on special teams where app has traditionally been good and they've been able to turn the momentum of a game with special teams. Charlotte was able to kind of stay in the game on special teams. You know, app, app gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. They had a field goal blocked. Um, you know, they, they messed up on a, on a kickoff because the kicker slipped on the, on the slippery turf with all the rain. Um, and they gave up first downs twice on, on penalties when, when Charlotte was punting the ball, one on an offside and one on a roughing the punter. So despite all of those mistakes, losing the turnover battle, um, you know, giving, uh, giving the team extra possession through special teams and getting a special teams touchdown, um, you know, it was, uh, they, they were still able to hold the team under 300 yards and, and win the game by two scores. I think that fact alone really impressed Doc Holliday because you, know, you mentioned the turnovers and that was brought up to him. And he pointed out immediately that, but yet look how they were able to overcome that. And is that a good way to describe this team? Very resilient. I mean, it's you know, top to bottom. I mean, this is a, a, probably one of the best teams that have come into Jones C. Edwards Stadium in a while to play Marshall on Saturday. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a big part of it. I mean this this team is is always going to fight, and you're going to have to win all four quarters against this team. And um, because of the way they know how to, they, they, because of the confidence they have in themselves and how they can move the ball, um, they know that despite turnovers, despite mistakes, you know they're never out of the game, and, and they just have to you know kind of move on to the next play. So uh, they've got that mentality that comes from the very top of the program with the head coach. And yeah, I mean. When you really go back to it, there were a lot of things that fans were, you know, frustrated about with turnovers and again the special teams miscues. But despite all of that, you know, App was App was able to, you know, kind of control the game in the second half and and at the end in the end at the end of the game kind of win it comfortably. Um, and so when you can do that despite losing the turnover battle and, and getting whipped in special teams, um, you know, you, you feel pretty good that if you just clean up some of that stuff, you're going to be in good shape. Adam Witten, our guest, the play-by-play announcer for Appalachian State. Adam, good talking to you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, Paul, thanks for having me. The Drive with that tri-state broadcasting legend, man among men, the most talented man on the... Who writes this crap? Here's Paul Swan. Well, that was nice. It wasn't nice. Wow. Can't find good help around here. Anymore. Yeah, no kidding. Even the voice guy turns on you. 
He's in the next room, by the way. <laughs> Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Woody Woodrum with me in here as well, so uh, we might as well call this, like, um, Insider Drive, Sports Line, something. I mean, we had, like, something, what, something. like 54 names for that show. Uh, yeah. And we did switch names quite a bit back in the old days, yeah. it seemed like. We have, well, we had a lot of different hosts, though, you know. We had Scott on sports. Yeah. And, and then the sideline, I think, was Jason Toy. And then, I don't know, I had two or three different names. I used me to make Ro- fun of Jason. Me and Robert Harper, and then me and Alan uh, Slater, and me and yeah. N- N- Nick Beach, and, uh, Luke Beach, excuse me, and... And many, many others. It was a cat. It was a cavalcade. Yes, it was. I made fun of Jason because he's my friend. I said, "Like, look, what, why do you want to be on the sideline when you can be in the game? <laughs> Come on, why do you want to be on the sideline for Jason? <laughs> be in the game." Uh, speaking of being in the game, you know the Mid American Conference that Conference Marshall used to be in twice. Yeah, I I hear they're uh, uh, thinking about playing this 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 fall sport. There's some uproar. Uh, there is a growing a uproar. Uh, apparently, the administrators and coaches kind of feeling like, "Hey, you know what? This um, this playing thing seems to be working. Okay, can we do it?" I mean, the Mac already sent out a statement that uh, no plans currently. We're not not doing a fall season, but that could change because the Big Ten went, and then yeah. there's the poor Pac-12 sitting over here going. Uh, what? Well, now they got the okay though, didn't they, from the states of California and yeah, Oregon? If that they could, yeah, begin to look at this. I, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. The Big Ten's going to play nine games against, and they're going to play some kind of weighted schedule, and which I don't think has been released yet. So. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, one and two will play in the championship game, and then you'll have uh, everyone else play like a bonus game. But, you know, what do we know? We've seen games go away from Boise and Pittsburgh and then ECU, and now on the Marshall schedule, it's already got Rice postponed So uh, on October 3rd, which is quite a ways away. I but, expect – this is pure speculation on yep. my part, but I expect an announcement to be made that there's going to be a makeup game – or a replacement game of some sort on that schedule because you're going to go two weeks. You've already gone yeah. one week since your first game. Now you're going to go two weeks before your next game. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, a lot of people were pointing at Pitt playing Austin P last week and going, "What? what? Wait a minute! I thought you know that the Pitt couldn't play Marshall that weekend because it just wouldn't be possible." But it seemed like it was possible when they were getting the easy win over Austin P. Remember. ACC, you could play <laughs> only in your home state. So yeah. Marshall would have had to have given up the home date yeah. or the home game to go play, and that he, was the only way that, that the was, ACC that, school could play. That's such a duck. I mean, <laughs> I agree. I mean, that's such a duck to just say, oh, well, we'll take it out of their hands and, and make it easy for them to duck away from any hard game that they might have seen coming. And, you know, so. Well, remember, they made that announcement because to allow for those rivalry games between some ACC and some SEC schools uh, yeah. that were in state. And then the SEC comes out and says, uh, no, nah, we're just going to play in yeah, conference. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. We're good. So, appreciate you know, that. the Mountain West is stirring about maybe playing now. But, you know, the MAC. Is just different, and I'm not trying to rile anybody up out there, but, I mean, the MAC has always been different. They they do not think it's a bad thing to be the little Big Ten. And, and you know, when when the rest of the Southern and, and all the leagues were 
told you've got to be one double A back in the early eighties, the Mac went, No thanks. We'll just keep playing one A because that's what we want to do and and they let them, so they just kind of go their own way. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, Woody Woodrum with me in studio for this rare appearance. It's not like you're not going to be on the air with me, uh, what, uh, next week for high school football, Saturdays. You know, I mean, you never come around anymore. You know, Paul, it's, it, it, being retired is uh, is kind of different, but it doesn't feel so retired when you're out at Huntington High two or three days a week, and, and then you're working a Marshall game whenever they have one. and <laughs> Whenever they have yeah, one. You know, That's what it feels like, and, whenever and, they have and, one. And, you know, honestly, I'm getting a little tired of these schools getting in my pocket, you know, then the NCAA – takes away four basketball games I could have been paid for and you know they start us later no exhibition games that's more money they're taking away from me so November 25th the uh, Marshall's uh, probably just going to keep the schedule they have and go on but the, well, there's going to have to be some they, editing they've got here. like 31 games though right I, uh, even though some of them are in the tournaments where four counts as one or four counts as two or something like that I don't know But how. does that even count the now Yeah yeah does that does that apply Well that's the thing I think they're looking for some clearance on that because you know mark klein's going to have to call some folks and say look if it said here today that practice begins october 14th season would be reduced from 31 to a maximum of 27 if playing in a multi-team event if you're not in a multi-team event you can only play 25 games so i mean at the very worst marshall would have four games they've got to get rid of on the men's side, maybe on the women's side for that matter. So they're going to have to do a little bit of schedule moving. So who knows? It seems like uh, every time we think we got this COVID thing figured out, we don't. Back on Monday, but fear not, we have baseball tomorrow. We have high school football Saturday. We've got college football today. Um, and tonight, we've got scintillating is, 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 NFL action. Is, is that e- is that even? I mean, that's like Akron playing Bowling Green or something. Uh, Akron that, Kent State. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Akron Kent State. <laughs> that's what that game is today. Akron Kent State. The, except the Browns and the Bengals are playing for the broken wagon wheel. That's gonna do it for this edition. Um, back tomorrow here for high school football because I'm. Yay. I got baseball tomorrow. There's no more show tomorrow. It's done. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.